podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We're continuing um, our journey um, to Easter as we navigate through Jesus' ministry until he arrives uh, at Jerusalem, as we know it as Palm Sunday, which is only a few weeks away. Last week, we saw Jesus get baptised and God announced from heaven saying, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And Jesus' ministry then has begun. It's begun and now he's on the road to do what needs to be done to teach people, to educate people, to show people the love that God has for them. Remember, the stable scene, as as miraculous as it was, it didn't finish there. That was just the beginning of God's salvation plan for, for you and for me. Jesus is on a mission, a mission to rescue humanity from their sin, to make a way for us back to God. Incredible. Now, Jesus then, since his baptism, has been getting his disciples together. He's been teaching. He's even been clearing out the temple uh, from the traders that were in there um, doing things that they shouldn't be doing in the temple. He's also performed his first miracle at a wedding. Um, So people are beginning to hear about this man, Jesus. Perhaps they've even seen him in action. Maybe um, they heard about the miracle. Maybe they have seen him preaching and teaching and the things that he's doing then people are realizing that this guy is different something is different about him people want to follow him some people are believing all that Jesus is teaching believing in all that he's doing and all that he's saying and also there are those that want to find out just a little bit more They've perhaps heard a few things. They've perhaps seen a few things. But there are those, of course, that want to know just a little bit more before they're willing to take that step. Maybe you're in that bracket today. Maybe you just want a little bit more. I just need to know something else. I just need to hear of somebody perhaps like me who's struggling. I I can hear, I can see, but I just need a little bit more. And today we get an account of a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish ruler, a Pharisee, and he was doing just that today. He was looking to seek an audience with Jesus just to find out a little bit more. He'd seen, he'd heard, but the dots weren't quite connecting and he needed just a little bit more. Our Bible verse is from John chapter 3 and we're going to do verse 1 all the way through to verse 21. As always I've got my NIV Bible in front of me, (coughs) excuse me, what you'll also find is when I feel like a little bit of pressure has arisen sometimes I make a mistake but we don't worry about that. You've got the words uh, thankfully in front of you whether that's in your Bible or whether that's on the screen by the power of technology. Either way, you've got the word. So hopefully I won't fumble. But if I do, do not panic. Let's see what it says. So John chapter 3, verse 1 through 21. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. 
he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. How can someone be born again when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and, of, and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are, an Isra uh, you are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. Now then, will you believe? How then? Beg your pardon. There you go. You see, never mind. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from the heaven, uh, the son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. A verse you'll know really well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever, who, whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly, plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. That's amazing, isn't it? What a, what a passage. Um, and again, we've got those bits in there. Um, that perhaps you've seen or you've heard before, even if you've not really been along to church, you've heard the verse John 3.16. Um, and as always, we pray that the Lord would just bless the reading of his word as we've done that today. Now, off the bat then, um, Pharisees don't really have a great name. They don't uphold a great name in scripture. Yet here, Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a member of the Jewish ruling council, comes to Jesus with what he has are some burning questions. Firstly, though, we see how he comes to Jesus with his intent. It's an interesting one because he, he arrives to Jesus at night and we see that in verse 2. Um, it says that he came at night. Why? Well, some have said that perhaps he was scared to be seen with Jesus, again, a member of the Jewish ruling council. Um, and the, um, the Pharisees were so dictatorial, they knew everything. So why would Nicodemus need to be asking anybody a question, let alone this rabbi who just appeared on the scene, this teacher who just arrived? Or maybe because Nicodemus was a busy man, he was on the Jewish ruling council, he was a Pharisee, he was a teacher, his day was busy. 
And also we know that Jesus is very active. He's about doing what needs to be done. He too is busy. Maybe, just maybe, the, the diaries hadn't quite uh, converged and it was just an opportunity that Nicodemus saw. Look, everybody's gone home. Jesus is by himself. Now I need to go and see him. So many of us are, are busy, aren't we? Um, so many of us lack time. Um, it's one thing that we always need more of, isn't it? I just need more time. You never really see anybody saying, do you know, I've got so much time and so little to do. Now, granted, over the past few months, perhaps that's been the case. But here in this moment, we can see maybe that time was an issue. And I've also noticed that the importance you put onto something is, is I guess, enables us to make time. Um, in these moments, Nicodemus has deemed that it is important to go and see Jesus and timing's everything for him. So he's found the time. He's made sure he gets to see Jesus. He's made sure that he can ask the right questions. And that's a challenge to us today, isn't it? That we can actually, we, we must put importance on our time spent with God. The time spent asking the right questions, the time spent in the word, the time spent in prayer. Um, and we should draw encouragement from that, that we should put importance on that thing, uh, on those things, because they are massively important for our relationship with God. Nicodemus, though, he obviously knew Jesus was no ordinary guy. Again, in verse two, his address to Jesus is as rabbi, so teacher. Um, um, and he also says, we know that you're from God. It's like, OK, we've seen what you've done. It's not possible for just somebody to be able to do those things. So you have to be from God. Nicodemus is not fully sure how or why or where in that sense. But nevertheless, he's deduced in this moment that clearly <coughs> this guy is different. But the way that the introduction is posed by Nicodemus, it also leads to a question that Jesus obviously picks up on. Um, and essentially, the question is, we know, as he says here, we know that you're from God. But really, he's asking, who are you? Who are you, Jesus? Now, it's important to note in this moment, as we read the text and we um, we can break down the conversation, it's, it's important to know that Jesus is God in flesh. He is the son of God. He is all-knowing in that sense. So he knows Nicodemus. He understands him. He knows where he's coming from. He also knows that Nicodemus is obviously a man who's learned and studied the Old Testament. He knows the books of the law. He also knows all of these things that when you see the Old Testament, the books that the Jewish leaders would have had to be able to study and to, to learn, in fact, to memorise, they put to memory these things. Jesus knew that Nicodemus knew these things. So Jesus doesn't just go into the conversation with the question or the retort that perhaps you and I would come up with. Jesus has the ability to be able to go directly to the point. Jesus has heard the question that Nicodemus is really posing. Jesus, who are you? He's heard that in how Nicodemus has addressed him. And now Jesus is going to go straight to the point. You see, 
Nicodemus is a guy who teaches the Jewish law. He's a Pharisee. And as far as he was concerned then, upholding the law, doing the right thing, being as he would see above reproach, would mean then that that was going to get him to heaven. That would earn him his salvation. And you see, the problem for all of us, not just Nicodemus, is what we read in Romans 3.23, and also what we'll see in Jesus' response here to Nicodemus, is that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The very law, narrowed down to the Ten Commandments that Nicodemus would know and he would understand, the very point of those wasn't so that we could keep them, it was impossible for us to keep them. It was to show us that we needed a saviour. It was to show us that we were in desperate need of a saviour. And Nicodemus had missed that point. The good news is Nicodemus is talking to him. Nicodemus is talking to Jesus Christ. He is talking to the Messiah, to the Saviour. Jesus explains then to Nicodemus what he's been missing all this time. A person has to be born again. That truthfully is to die to our old self, our old ways, to be raised again in Christ as we trust him, to be the bridge, to be the bridge to the gap between my sin and a relationship with God. I can't get there on my own. The Ten Commandments, the law shows me that I'm never going to achieve it. I am always going to do something wrong. One of the commandments is do not lie. Well, we're all shot, aren't we, straight away? Because whether you like to think it or not, there are there is always an occasion uh, whenever you look through the commandments where we fall short on so many. And when you see what's happening here, Jesus is cutting right to the point with Nicodemus and showing him that there is a way. It's not the way you think it is, Nicodemus. You're coming to me and I'm glad you're coming. I'm glad you're asking the right question. Who am I? I'm about to tell you. I am the saviour. I am the Messiah. There is only one way to God, Nicodemus. That's not fulfilling the law. That's not living the right way because you're never going to be able to do it. Remember, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We're all in the all. The only way, Nicodemus, is through me, as Jesus here is telling him. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Jesus is saying here in these moments, Nicodemus, there's something that's got to happen. You've got to die to your old self. You've got to put the old self away. You're never going to earn this salvation. What you've got to do is put your faith and your trust in me. And for the first time, Nicodemus is realising then that his salvation, his getting to heaven, his relationship with God does not depend on him. And he asks the question in verse 9 of chapter 3, he says, how can this be? How can this be? Like I, I've, I've looked in the law. I've, I've st what have I missed? And Jesus is like, well, you've missed quite a lot, to be fair. Nicodemus, you see, I guess him 
and also you watching and me, there is something here that we have to realise. There is something here that we have to see. Nicodemus has missed it to this point. He's realised now that his salvation doesn't depend on me. What it actually depends on is a different kind of love. It depends on a different kind of love. One that has been given, one that seeks no return. A love that is free for all. All we have to do is believe. A love that the word tells us is unconditional and perfect. That is a different kind of love. And then Jesus goes to Nicodemus with another response that says this. For God so loved the world, verse 16, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. And then the second part of that verse, so critical, don't just isolate that verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is a love like no other. God has sent his son, Jesus, for you and for me. For Nicodemus here in the story, Nicodemus is talking directly to this very love that Jesus is explaining. He's seeing and hearing and experiencing this love firsthand. God hasn't sent Jesus to condemn the world. Although we turned our backs on him and we said, God, we want nothing to do with you. God could have quite easily just condemned us and that be it. But he didn't do that. He actually did the complete opposite. He said, it says in verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus is here not to condemn, but to save. Nicodemus, I'm here not to condemn you. Yes, you've got it wrong. Yes, you've missed the point. Yes, you're always going to miss the mark, but I'm not here to condemn you, Nicodemus. I'm here to save you. It's, it's magnificent, isn't it? That is a different kind of love that we can miss and never experience if we don't open up our eyes and see. The question remains now, as we see, as Jesus has explained to Nicodemus what actually needs to happen, that Nicodemus needs to put his faith and his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Nicodemus needs to realise that there is no way he could earn his way to heaven, that the only way is through Jesus. Now, the question is, did Nicodemus believe? Did he put his faith in Jesus? Well, there is evidence in scripture that says, yes, he did. It's worth a look if you've got uh, time after this or maybe during the week. John chapter 7 and verse 50 and also John chapter 19 and verse 39 just show us that Nicodemus perhaps got it. He understood and he put his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I guess the real question for you and I then today is what about us? What about you? Are you today ready to experience a different kind of love? A love that has given its best for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. A love that has given you the opportunity at life. No condemnation, but actually salvation to be freed from the chain and bondage of sin. 
The word tells us no matter where we are, no matter what we've done, God's love is enough. Jesus is enough. Now, then, is the time to come and find him, to ask the questions and to see, as Nicodemus has done, that there is only one way to God and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. My challenge to you today is to not delay that. Don't avoid coming to Jesus, but actually come to him as Nicodemus did and realise that he loves you. How do I know? Because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for your word once again today. We thank you, Lord, that you've enabled us to see how you have given a different kind of love, a love that is unconditional, a love that knew no bounds, that you would send your very best for the very worst of us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just pray, Lord, that you might open up hearts and minds today, that your Holy Spirit would move and that, Father, the lives might be changed. Father, for those of us that have put our faith and our trust in you, I just pray, Lord, that you'll continue to help us and to strengthen us. Father, help us to draw to your word. Help us to uh, continue to bring our prayers and petitions to you. Help us, Lord, to just continue on in our relationship with you. Father, we just thank you that you love us enough, that you gave your best for us. And I just pray, Lord, that you continue to have your hand upon us during these times. I just thank you, Lord, once again for your wonderful word. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.